No state or city will be spared. That's the information we're getting right now as new data is showing that the level of people sick in Detroit and New Orleans is off the chart and might be even worse than New York City. And with that information and with this sickness spreading all throughout the country, of course, there's going to be major economic ramifications, which could be even more severe than this illness all across the world. And to talk about this, plus a lot more, we have John Snyson, who's a financial historian, and of course, our always co-host of the day, Tim Pichette, a financial planner. I'm Luke Rodowski of We Are Change, a financial novice, if we're going to go off by titles here. And guys, there's so much news to get into. There's so many things to talk about, uh, especially with the IMF declaring that we are in a global recession. The Fed deciding that they're going to be buying ETFs, deciding that they might even double their balance sheet this year. I mean, what's some of the craziest news you guys see that, that really is the most eye-opening? Since all, all of it is, but what's the first thing that really comes to you that is most uh, eye-opening to you? Yeah, uh, let's go off. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'll kick it off. And th Thanks, Luke. I mean, for me, it has to be the fact that the Fed is going to start buying ETFs. I mean, that's just an incredible uh, thing. And so probably first off, what it would make sense to do is if we actually explain what an ETF is. So an ETF exchange stands for Exchange Traded Fund. And uh, essentially what that means, instead of buying, you know, picking out, you know, Apple stock and is not financial advice, it's using it as, a, uh, as an example or GM or whatever, you buy maybe all large cap stocks at once. Or in this case, it's, uh, it's bonds. So these are actually bond ETFs. So instead of saying, hey, we're going to go pick, uh, you know, General Motors bonds or Ford bonds or Elon Musk, you know, bonds over at Tesla, we're just going to go buy, you know, instead we're going to take one of these funds and we're going to start buying up the bonds from the funds. So essentially what is going on is that instead of having true uh, free market price discovery, you're having companies getting essentially bailed out or investors and hedge funds and pension funds getting bailed out. So they're able to offload uh, for lack of a better word, they're crap that they wouldn't be able to sell, especially in a panic sell. They're able to then offload that to uh, to the Federal Reserve. And so now the Federal Reserve is buying these assets for 100 cents on the dollar. And of course, you know, it's the people who are going to end up getting screwed throughout all this. So if we go on in the article for MarketWatch over here, it says the Fed is going to buy ETFs. What does that mean? And on Monday, the Federal Reserve announced a fresh round of stimulus designed to calm markets and buffer the hit to the economy from the coronavirus pandemic. Among other steps, the Fed said it would buy exchange-traded funds that track the corporate bond market, a first for the central bank. This will provide much-needed liquidity to the bond market and to ETFs, said Ted Rosenbluth. Investors across all asset investors across all kinds of markets are racing to sell everything and you know they're going on to say how great this is and this is you know a great thing to do and but another quote here is all of this is to make sure the people who want to sell have a buyer well guess what for for the certain price everybody <laughs> should be able to have a buyer i mean it's just absolutely ridiculous what's going on and john we may have lost your camera so if you want to go and try to get that back on while uh, while we kick it off to you soon but in large part the fed is using etfs to accomplish this goal because it's harder to buy individual bonds than stock positions. Oh yeah, so so difficult. So you know we're just going to go in and and provide this for everybody. ETFs offer the benefit of impacting thousands of bonds in one trade. For example, as previously reported, as previously reported, the big investment grade corporate bond fund iShares iBox uh, investment grade corporate bond fund uh, ticker symbol L LQD. Again, I'm just mentioning this because it's part of the article, not financial advice. Closed on one particular volatile day, down five percent lower than the day it started. 
That means anyone who tried to sell LQD on Thursday received about 95% of what they might have expected. A powerful market stabilizer like the central bank may help buffer those strains. Now, John, I want to kick it off to you because, I mean, that's just such an incredible statement that, you know, instead of, you know, oh, this is such a great thing for the markets. Well, what it's doing is this is not a market anymore. We have just killed the markets. This is going into fascism. And what, what do you make of this article? Well, this is just pure blatant fascism and, and communism where the central bank, I wrote an article three years ago that stated that the Fed will own everything than nothing. And here we go. Uh, they basically are following the uh, the same sentiment of what the Bank of Japan is doing, where they bought, you know, 86% plus of the ETFs that are out there. That's it. Uh, they bought stocks, bonds, uh, mutual funds, uh, real estate. Um, they basically tried to buy up anything that, you know, loses value to keep it up from uh, losing value. So you don't get a panic and a massive deflationary sell-off. That's what they're trying to do. But, uh, you know, it's interesting we we're talking about, the, you know, that they could double their balance sheet by the end of the year. Well, if they continue just on the trajectory that they have now with $120 billion bought, and this is not even talking about the, the corporate bonds uh, because they haven't announced it yet or they haven't started yet uh, officially on their website. Uh, but the numbers currently are about $120 billion a day that they're buying mortgage-backed securities and treasuries. And if you were to run that out the year, now, now we, we, we've we got your website pulled up, John. So which uh, which yeah. which chart is that going to be underneath? So we've got you know, there's that, that's 10 different graphs. 10. So if you go to like the last okay. one. Right, we got it. Uh, but got it. yeah, so if you, if you were to actually add up the $120 billion a day that they're currently doing, if they kept on that trajectory throughout the year, they will uh, add on from now on until you know uh, the end of December, twenty-one point six trillion dollars to the balance sheet. So it's not—we're not even looking at a doubling. That, what is that? That's a, almost like a six-fold uh, <laughs> amount. Like I would say, probably five times plus. You know, uh, the, um, the the add-on to the balance sheet. So basically, what you're going to see, you're going to see this uh, continue. They're going to have to uh, get into the market and intervene because they don't want deflationary pressures. Because deflation is the enemy of today's modern monetary system, they need that constant inflation because when you create money out of thin air, uh, there's always more uh, more interest that you owe on that than there's actual physical money in, in the world. So you'll always be, uh, be in a lack of uh, interest. And if you paid everything off and even you know bought everything, uh, you would still owe interest on that debt. So it's a, it's a Ponzi scheme that is meant to fall apart. And that's why you're going to see uh, the the Fed is going to start buying stocks. They're going to start buying, you know, directly mutual, just ETFs, um, mutual funds. They're going to uh, buy real estate probably. Who knows what they're going to get into to try to, you know, end, uh, end well, basically there's zero MLN market. uh, marketing yeah. schemes. Yeah. They're probably going to be selling essential oils soon on Instagram <laughs> like, with all the other with all the yeah. other single mothers out there. <laughs> it's, it's, sorry, go ahead, John. Uh, if, if you have no. finished, I got some other points I want to make here. Yeah, no, no, that's basically what I had to say. But it's it's just insane, guys. We're we're in a uh, period of time where, uh, well, actually, it's not insane because any central uh, banking entity throughout history has you know started to entail on this scheme of Ponzi uh, Ponzi and interest uh, and all this stuff uh, always fails throughout history. So there's it's nothing new to that. We're going down the lane and are desperate and trying to save the economy. Uh, but we're going to fail miserably, even though we have electronic currency today and all this fancy. Uh, well, you know, especially, yeah, no, especially. 
Yeah, I mean, especially since we have all this fancy, uh, you know, <laughs> currencies, and we did a video the other day on on how they're calling for, you know, we, we want to have a digital dollar. And here we got an article: the IMF declares global recession and doubles the size of its financial war chest. And then we've got the uh, we've got you know Goldman Sachs clients are asking SDR bailout coming. Yep, SDR. You know, before we get into that, last time we shot this video, we we kind of made fun that we're living in communism. We we called John (laughs) Red Lips. We called Tim Gulag Pashtet. We called me Rutsky and all that. But but really looking at it, it, it is kind of, as you mentioned, John, earlier, more of a kind of a fascistic economic system where we have the federal government intervening and pumping up all these supposed kind of quasi corporate private uh, entities that are going in there. And, and it's absolutely a joke. There's another article here by CNBC uh, that talks about how the traditional retirement portfolios of stocks and bonds are down 20%. This is the only fourth time that this happened since World War II. And this is major because, again, this is a, a, a akin to just the utter corruption that's happening right now. There was a, a recent uh, press conference by the attorney general and the FBI talking about how they're going after price gouging. We're going after all the bad people who bought off supplies for a dollar and they're selling them for a dollar twenty-five or a dollar fifty to make a profit because they're in short supply. We're going to go after all of those guys, and uh, that's an absolute joke compared to the actual criminality happening right now in front of our very freaking eyes. There was even a police department uh, sending a photo. You know how they used to do those photos that when they had their drugs, uh, you know, a little bit of drugs, a little bit of money. And they stand there proudly like they're, yeah. they're doing something good for the war on drugs. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're making it that much worse. I saw another local police department have a couple stacks of toilet paper, some hand sanitizers <laughs> on a desk that wasn't bigger than this. And they're standing there proudly like, you got the price catchers. I'm like, do you see what else is happening on Wall Street? You got darn stupid, idiotic little buffoons. I mean, you got to be freaking kidding me. Look at look at Amazon. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, of course, sold a lot of his stock before the major crash. Look at all the uh, U.S. senators that were in hearings that knew that the storm was coming, sold a lot of their stocks. And now, you know, people's retirements, people's, you know, rainy day funds that were illegitimately uh, taken and and treated irresponsibly. Well, they're going to lose out on it more than anyone else. And then and now we're just going to be just giving out money like it's like, well, it's I mean, I would, yeah, I mean, I'd really like to touch on on that one, um, you know, the one topic, especially of, of the retirement. So we, we go we can pull this up on screen right now. And so the reason I want to talk about this is traditional retirement portfolio of stocks and bonds is down 20%. Now, what typically is typically there's something called modern portfolio theory, where it's, you know, you diversify your assets across all these different assets. And then there's some that aren't correlated with each other. But what we saw in 2008 is that everything was essentially correlated with each other. So you saw all the assets basically go down at once. Now, then things were a little bit different because you could actually get paid having bonds. And so, so let's say, you know, you could get paid, you know, six or 7% in a bond back then. And then the, when the rates went down, you actually made money when the, when the price of the bond went, went, uh, decrease in value because you're now your bond that was paying 6% is now going to be worth a lot more when everyone else can only get a bond that's paying 2%. So, you know, you'd rather get six and two. So there's going to be a premium. Well, now that we're already in the basement, there's nowhere for this to run. And so that's why we had a, over at innovative advisory group. So I, I, my moniker is the Liberty advisor, but the company I'm with is innovative advisory group. And we basically, we think modern portfolio theory is dead. And so we had a different strategy where we were able to, uh, essentially our clients were only down 5% fully invested 
invested into the market during all this based upon uh, a strategy that we're running, but we, it also worked out the year before. Now, I did a video about a year, a little over a year ago, uh, I think it was January of 20, I forgot what year we're in now, 2019 with Tom Hegna, who's probably uh, widely considered probably one of the top uh, retirement gurus in the country. Like if you want to go, you know, have him speak at your event, it's like 15,000 bucks. Anyways, we went and, uh, you know, we interviewed him last year and we talked about, it was, I think the video was actually called why rates are staying low forever. And we got into all these different issues, but effectively in that video, we were talking about how the 60, 40 portfolio was dead. There's other there's other ways that you can do this. So if you have 40% of your portfolio in bonds, and that's what 60-40 means, 60% stock, 40% bonds. If you have 40% in bonds, I had ways where I thought there was much better solutions than, I mean, where you could have 40% in another asset class. I'm not talking about gold or silver or Bitcoin. There's other income producing asset classes that, you know, will give you more income, more stability, and even more upside. It's all contained in that video. So, you know, that was, uh, you know, that was one of the first times I've ever interviewed anybody. So I did talk way too much. It's like I'm talking way too much right now. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that that was, you know, that, you know, provides, you know, pretty much the roadmap. Now there's another video that I shot where it actually shows that if someone were to take it's redesigning the 60-40 portfolio. So instead of having 60% stock, you'd have 58% stock, 2% Bitcoin, and then 40% bonds. Now, I don't think it would be a good idea to have anything in bonds. But what it showed is you actually... By, by having more risk in your portfolio because Bitcoin wasn't correlated, that your returns, it actually decreased the amount of risk in your in your portfolio. So just be, so you can actually throw in riskier things. Now there's a limit to this and then decrease the risk because think as certain assets aren't correlated with each other. Very advanced concept. Uh, sorry, Luke. How, how are we doing on time right now? Because I want to throw it to a bigger kind of segue. Uh, 13, guys, thir really 13 minutes. All right, let's, let's continue this conversation in the second video where we're going to be discussing if the economy will restart. Steve Mnuchin just said that we're going to be recovered. Everything's going to be fine again. <laughs> again. <laughs> he said we're not going to have a recession too. A couple of days ago, uh, the New York Times just wrote an article, can we safely restart the economy in June? Here's how. Again, a lot of insanity. We're going to talk about that in the next video. Stay tuned here on Change the News channel. Everybody in the audience, now listen to me carefully, is being given a special package, and I don't want you to open it. Do not open it. Cameras are on you, so do not open until I tell you. All right, open your boxes. Open your boxes. One, two, three. Everybody the, get it, some QE. Sorry. Yeah, if there ever was a perfect representation of exactly what's happening now, that's it. As the U.S. economy is in a standstill, most Americans can't go to work. Most Americans are forced out of their jobs. Well, the most powerful are getting rewarded with just more insane news. But don't worry. Don't worry. We're getting news from the Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, that... We're going to go back to normal soon. It's all going to go back like it was before with even the New York Times issuing a similar piece with their article titled, We Can Safely Restart the Economy in June. Here's how. Again, very <laughs> incredulous news to say the least. I'm, of course, joined by John Snyson, financial historian, Tim Pachet, financial planner. What is the truth of these larger statements and promises here? Because they definitely can't be the true truth with everything that's in front of us right now. 
Well, what, yeah. So what's happening now is that they basically are uh, just shoving money at the the deflation that's happening with the. Uh, it's insane. Organizations, businesses, everybody it was so levered up that it didn't take more than a couple of weeks for them to fall apart uh, financially. And so what you're seeing is just the Fed has to pump in unlimited amounts of money together with the government now and their uh, uh, aid package that they're putting in. Uh, they're going to have to literally try to save uh, uh, the economy here they're trying to do. And that's what they believe, actually. They, they seriously believe that they could print limited amounts of money and then uh, everything would just work back to normal again when they reopen again. Uh, well, first of all, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to get back to normal again and back in June. Uh, and, and second of all, uh, you know, with all the businesses that are shutting down right now, they're, they're actually shutting down. They're not reopening again after this is over. Uh, because they couldn't take it. They had to, you know, just exit if they could, you know, out of uh, their business uh, and, and sell it and, and then whatever money, you know, they have to retire on uh, because people uh, don't have, you know, uh, they couldn't afford to stay afloat over two weeks uh, or, or three weeks, uh, be able to pay their employers and everybody. So just like, okay, I'm just going to close up shop. I'm done. Uh, and uh, that's what we're seeing right now is, I, I don't think anything is going to revert back to normal uh, the way Manu, uh, Munchkin uh, thinks that things are going to go ahead or uh, Luke. Yeah, and then things are completely backwards. I mean, we just passed the $2 trillion stimulus bill, according to some like Nancy Pelosi, one to many to come, but we're only giving $250 billion of it to the people who need it. I mean, come on. Uh, Tim, what, what, what's your projections? And what do you think of Steve Mnuchin? Again, a couple of days ago, there won't be a recession. Everything's going to be fine. Now, oh, everything's going to go back to normal. Everything's going to be fine. Can it, Tim? What's your analysis of it? Well, I mean, it depends on who you're talking about it going fine for. So, I mean, maybe it goes fine for the bankers because they're the ones who you know end up getting bailed out from all this stuff. So, we look on screen right now, Former Treasury, this is now this is the former uh, Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson, who's also former Goldman Sachs. So just like the old boss, same as the new boss, or maybe it's the other way around, how that saying goes. And uh, th what this article goes on to say is, you know, not everyone's going to be happy from this. Or there's going to be winners and losers from this bill. But, you know, you're, you can't expect everyone to be happy from this. So, you know, basically what you can who you can expect to be happy from this are the big bankers who they are the ones getting bailed out from this. And so, yes, I think things could go back to normal for the bankers, because guess what? When they got they got to use all their money to buy back stocks, the companies that they essentially own anyways and or share boards with, all those companies got to buy back their own stocks, the, the hedge fund managers, everybody's making billions of dollars, millions of dollars. And then all of a sudden, oh, we're in, we're in some trouble. And then so then they get bailed out. And then when they get bailed out, there's a lot of their competitors are going to go out of business. And then they get to swoop in with all the free money, get even bigger, and then have us buy the you-know-what even more next time that this happens. And so things can go back to normal, but it just depends who are, things are going back to normal for. Cause I, because there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they're probably losing their jobs. Maybe they're losing their house. Maybe they're losing their marriages. There's people who are going to be taking their own lives because of this. We're looking up on screen right now and seeing bank of America fields, 150,000 payment deferral requests, but some customers call mortgage relief misleading. And so, you know, why don't they just stop, you know, all credit cards or something for the next, uh, for the next, you know, foreseeable future. Well, that's where to make all their money. Come on. Why would they do that? <laughs> John, I wanted to throw it to you because yeah. me and Tim have been talking about this for a while, and we're saying that this is probably going to be worse than 2008. What's your analysis on that? No, we're entering into a greater depression. I've said that actually since 2008, they just papered over the entrance of the real depression. And now there, I don't think there's any way out of this anymore. You could keep on printing money, but it comes to a breaking point where the 
population says that, well, I'm not going to take this worthless money anymore. I'm going to just start using toilet paper as currency instead. Uh, and that's where we're heading towards is, is that breaking point. But when that breaking point, that trust breaking point in any fiat currency happens, uh, it takes within a year. And then the currency is either severely devalued by the government or they hyperinflate it because they basically there's nobody that could pay uh pay their pay their bills anymore and of course if we ever had the interest rates uh go up in this type of a system uh do you think that we would actually uh, you know be able to sustain the payments on that like the the u.s government all these bailouts everything that's happening right now no you got to keep it at zero they got to go to negative and way below negative uh and uh, we are we're we're definitely entering into a greater depression. Actually, the, the, the unemployment numbers that are just coming out right now, we're entering into a greater depression. Goldman Sachs was talking about, you know, how we're going to see a drop down as, as far as almost 30% negative uh, loss in GDP uh, from this hit. And I, I think that's where we're heading towards, uh, Luke. Yeah, and I think it's really important to note that, you know, other people, statisticians and experts in the field have been talking about what Donald Trump has been talking about, how the effects of this kind of larger recession, larger depression uh, could be far worse as far as lives lost than this virus. Now, uh, the vice president, Mike Pence, is saying that his task force will soon deliver their recommendations on whether to reopen the economy or not. From everything that I'm seeing, from everything that I've seen covering this sickness spreading all over the world, um, I don't I don't think that's going to be likely at all. There have been some moves uh, making sure that the, the curve is flattened in some ways. But overall, looking at it, it, it doesn't look as significant. It doesn't look as promising as a lot of people are making it out to be so well i can again, tell you one curve that's another- not flattened right now taking a look at john's uh, website at the economic truth.org and what we're looking at is you know complete hockey stick all the way up vertical line from the federal reserve how much assets have gone onto their balance sheet so you know when we talk about curve flattening uh how about we flatten that curve yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and again, we also have to understand we're still in the very early onsets of this. Uh, people say China's recovered. China's doing good. There's riots in China right now. Wuhan was of- officially uh, let off quarantine, but still people in Wuhan can't go to other places in China. So the information we're getting from China is absolutely flawed. Yeah. This virus is unpredictable. It's affecting Germans completely different than it is the Italians. It's affecting people in Los Angeles completely different than people in New York City. There's so many variable variables here. There's so many conditions. And, and I think uh, really uh, we're in a lot of pain and suffering uh, no matter what we do. Well, open economy, we even have the open economy. It's a very hard decision to make. Tim? Speaking of Germans, we have the German state finance minister was recently found dead. And uh, I guess speaking of dead and finance, uh, we've got Deutsche Bank, who uh, they were already in a program where they were going to, uh, you know, essentially lay off a lot of their employees and they're trying to you know cut their way to prosperity and now that things are going so bad their plan is actually the people we're going to cut we're not going to cut you right now uh because things are going so bad that we're going to wait to see what's going on in the future so you know like oh yeah i'm sure there's a lot of reassurance for everybody over there working in deutsche bank and i always love and john i'm sure i can back back with this too when they give all these dire forecasts for other uh you know other entities where things are messing up because like you got it's like the pot calling the kettle black whenever you see deutsche bank talking about how bad another another uh, company is doing no definitely and uh not to even mention that like who's next now is india nobody is talking about india they're, they're actually shutting completely down their whole 
Uh, it, it's uh, basically state enforced to shut down transportation, everything in India. Uh, and uh, they're like people. They're literally. I, I, the I remember, yeah. John, just to cut you off shortly. Yeah. I, I was watching videos of what's happening in India. There's literally just police officers walking around with huge sticks. They see oh, someone beat. outside. Yeah. They just beat the crap out of them. I don't mm-hmm. know if you ever been to India. It's a it's a wild place. It's like the the new frontier, wild west. People crapping in the middle of the street. It's wild there. I think but, it's like and San Francisco. The way enforcing this is just beating people senselessly who are just. You know, walking down the street, maybe going to the grocery store in South Africa. There's police officers just using rubber bullets on people standing in line yeah, to go Kenya. to the supermarket because they can't get food. There's yeah. also some reports of, of looting and rioting in Italy. I'm going to be talking about that on the main channel in just a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, and, and it, it is another major, you know, crap storm waiting to happen in many ways. Yeah. And Kenya, actually, they're there actually to stop markets. From happening they're tear gassing them so it's a, just a government reaction to this is uh, way overwhelming you know it's interesting I, I would i just live out on the countryside so i went to the store you know there's good social distancing nobody was doing like people are cleaning they had like shields up and everything and it was way in order you go to the city you know there's a lineup of 30 to 50 people outside you know the desperate taking you know two three hours to get into the store uh, so, you know, living out on the countryside right now, that's probably a really good thing for for people, you know, getting away. And, and you're seeing that in Norway. You know, a lot of people have reverted because they have cottages. They moved uh, their cottage as their uh, primary residence because they're trying to get uh, get out of Dodge uh, because of this craziness that's going on. And, and especially like this whole thing. Like I saw a picture that uh, you guys shared on, on our Telegram chat there with, you know, the toilet paper producers being above Illuminati and everything. And so I, I literally just shared that B-roll two seconds ago. So that was perfect timing oh, that you yeah, didn't even know go. that. So Yeah, it shows you, the government, the mainstream yeah. media, the financial establishment, the Illuminati, the aliens, and then the toilet paper producers <laughs> on top of everything pulling all the strings. Oh, makes sense. That, that's amazing. You know, that's that, that that's exactly how it is, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the real it's the real deal. No, it's uh, what we got to understand is uh, that, you know, people that are were not prepared for something like this. It's uh, it's one thing to deal with. Like, I'm not afraid of the virus at all at my age. Uh, I'm, I'm more, you know, worried about the older group. But the, the major problem is the government's reaction. Like now we're going from 50 uh, people gathering here in Manitoba on Monday. They're going to enforce 10 people gathering. In uh, Germany, they had five people gathering. No, two people actually, uh, uh, or, or more gathering outside is illegal. Um, and what? then in Spain, I think they chased people out of their backyards. They weren't allowed to be in their backyards in the cities because it was too close proximity to each other. Well, John, what uh, about Augusta Karstens over there? Is he, is he the German? Uh, I forgot what his exact title is, but what, uh, what is his over. job at the hut? He's over. He's eating money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait! Oh, we didn't. Oh, dude, we didn't. We didn't have it. We didn't have it on you for that, so we completely oh, there, blew it. There. Wait, 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 wait! Let's. We broke the money machine, <laughs> and we just we just ordered. A, I ordered a Trump Make America Keep America Great Again twenty twenty oh, money there. machine. All right, okay, you, you got me. <laughs> oh, there's Augustine. You know, chewing the money up there over at the base. You know, it's uh, that's why it's so huge. He's been. That's where all the QE is going directly to his stomach. That's uh, he's trying that's to eat eat Germany eat, uh, eat, eat German yeah. uh, to economic <laughs> prosperity once again. But I, Germany, I think I might have gotten a paper cut on my nose or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this free money, all this free money is not not as easy as people think. Uh, no, it's it's tough. It's uh, it's actually not a very good diet, and that's why you see he's so huge because his uh, yeah he's he's a sick man and and he's as sick as the whole monetary system itself. You know that's 
it's on the verge of its deathbed because the more you eat the, the fatter you get it's just well uh, it's speaking just of fat speaking of fat and, and someone who may have uh, seen this coming and was it has a pretty good bug out is media mogul david geffen who has a 400 million dollar super yacht and wants to let everybody knows that he is staying safe so we go here from the picture and yeah i'm sure everybody was so concerned about david geffen but someone who actually is a little bit more concerned is we have the father of wall street's fear gauge which is uh the vix uh sees wild volatility continue Continuing until Corona cases uh, spike. In theory, it works on a simple pr principle. It is a measure of the stock market's ex expectation of volatility over the following 30 days based on near-term S&P 500 index options, both puts and calls. The higher the number, the greater the expectation that market volatility will be higher over the course of 30 days. So, yeah, we got I, that. Uh, Tim, Tim, sorry to interrupt you. I got a good idea here. You know, everybody needs to go out and get a case of Corona to save the economy that's there that's the people's qe of the economy you know let's let's save the whole economy get a yeah. case of corona we've seen port we've seen reports that there was like the corona aisle where it was basically like blank like you know all the corona was still there because nobody wanted to have wanted to drink it which uh that's i've been drinking actually more of, of corona just because uh just because of all this but you know the, i think beer the has fluoride you stay away from it sorry right. go ahead all right, I, organic I, I, beer well, I do want to talk about uh, we've got no more fiscal hawks. And so all the fiscal conservatives, they've all you know laid down their shields. They all love this stuff. And, you know, that's why I left the Republican Party years ago. I mean, I don't believe in any of these, you know, presidents or politicians. You consider myself a voluntarist, which, you know, basically immediately after the 2016 election is when I went from more libertarian to voluntarist. So yesterday I uh, didn't really kind of expound upon that. But, yeah, we're taking a look at this. A two trillion dollar bill, largest economic relief in U.S. history. And, uh, you know, and it dwarfs the $800 billion economic package, which really that wasn't there was really a secret secret $16 trillion ballot package back in 2008. The reporter that ended up covering that his name was uh, Mark Pittman. Mark Pittman had a FOIA request and then he then magically died right after that. So anyways, that's what if you want to, you know, be someone who actually digs into this stuff and gets into the weeds of this, then uh, well, you, know, you might be Epstein. Actually, Tim, in my book, I have about the the whole TARP bailout and what it entailed. And actually, it's the Canadian part of it where nobody was talking about that they were bailing out Canadian banks. They said, that, oh, yeah, Canadian banks are doing great. But then meanwhile, they're getting hidden bailout funds from the, the TARP fund and, and all that shadow money. <laughs> you know what, what, what else is very surprising to me is the way the mainstream media is characterizing this. I mean, we have uh, another article here by The Washington Post. That's titled The Coronavirus Crisis is Exposing How the Economy Was Not Strong As It Seemed. No, <laughs> ish. Really? <laughs> really? Really? I mean, come on. It's just. If only there were some people out there who have been saying this the entire time. Uh, but, you know, I think one thing that, you know, not to toot my own horn over here, but one of the things that makes me different than a lot of other people is I made money on the way up and then only went 5% down. Uh, you know, so that is. You know, a lot of people who have been touting doom and gloom the entire time have been getting wrecked for 10 years and then they clawed back a tiny bit of it during this. Uh, and, and so, you know, it's yeah, it's craziness. Things are not as well as we've been led to believe the collateralized debt obligations, the uh, all the CLOs. Yeah, the CLOs. John and I did a report on that March 1st. You guys can check out uh, Tippett Show at the Liberty Advisor channel for that. But yeah, we are getting up on uh, 17 minutes here. So yeah. uh, I mean, I'm a novice and I, like, like I even saw this coming. Uh, thank you so much, John, for joining us on this special episode. Your website will, of course, uh, what's your website again, John? TheEconomicTruth.org the and right. Bankrun.org. All right. So, John, Tim, thank you again so much for uh, being on the Change the News channel. Stay tuned for more economic news coverage here every single day. Oh.
So this is how Italy deals with a major crisis. And now, let's t show you how New York City is dealing with it. You gotta love New Yorkers. And now, New Yorkers are directly under attack. There's quarantines, there's checkpoints, there's National Guard going house to house, looking down for the scrum, like myself, a fellow New Yorker, all throughout the country. Welcome, this is Luke Radowski of We Are Change, joined today by John Snyson and Tim Pichette, where we are going to be going over all the most important updates when it comes to, of course, the sickness that is spreading everywhere outside of the economic news, which we covered previously before, which you can watch on the previous videos. This will just be about the social and political commentary that's happening. Now, I want to start off, of course, talking about my hometown, New York City, that just recorded 161 more deaths from this sickness in the last 24 hours. Obviously, New York City is the most heavily hit. It's a very close-knit area with a big public transportation system. It has a lot of people living on top of each other. And of course, it is way more affected than cities like Los Angeles, where of course, more people keep distance from each other. But with New York City becoming in the new epicenter, some people even saying the next Wuhan, we have other states taking notice. And states like Rhode Island are issuing orders to stop all New Yorkers from New York City and to go house to house looking for them to make sure that they are quarantining. Uh, very, very strong actions in Rhode Island, uh, actions that have been met now by Florida, since, of course, New Yorkers also love Florida. Now, New York's, uh, now police officers in Florida are setting up checkpoints on I-95, screening New York passengers, which, again, to me is an absolute ridiculous idea because... Isn't that like stop and frisk? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like it's like they adopted stop and frisk naturally now against New York City uh, residents, and we can't get away from it. Um, and and again, to me, this is uh, not a good idea, uh, mainly because how will you enforce this? I mean, you stop people. I mean, uh, it, it sounds like a logistical nightmare, especially with the fact of officers going up to people who are most likely contagious, most likely just had this virus, and of course infecting other police officers. And to me, this is not going to be a good plan that's going to work out. I know we got to take a lot of preventative measures, a lot of smart measures, but this to me is not one of them. Public education information is key here, and that's what should be uh, the, the appropriate steps taken here. Uh, even Donald Trump talked about a potential... Well, at least the cops will have their I can breathe shirts this time, and maybe... Uh... And we'll see if they can help breathe. Yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> argument that we can get into. But Donald Trump even said that he could potentially quarantine all of New York City from the rest of the world, including parts of New Jersey and Connecticut. This, of course, led the New York governor to say if he does so, it will mean a war. And after that threat by the New York governor, Donald Trump now is backing down from his statements about possibly quarantining New York. Now, of course, we don't know what the right answer here is throughout this latest crisis. We're just reporting to you what is happening and all the latest more, more government. Me, that New York part is the most important part. Now, I want to throw it to Tim or John to talk about their most uh, uh, the, the aspects of, of this story that they find most important. Yeah, I think I think more government. That's the answer. I mean, government's the question. <laughs> what's the answer? I mean, just anytime anything goes wrong, I think we just need more government, Luke. Uh, obviously, I'm being uh, facetious with this, but if we go on screen, 
screen right now, I think the most important thing that I've recognized is that this uh, virus pulls into question the you know twenty first cent- feudalism in the twenty first century. Uh, you know there was uh, you know Friedrich Hayek wrote a book called The Road to Serfdom, and that's pretty much where we're on right now. And they're using this crisis and they're not letting it go to waste. And uh, you know you've got guys like uh, who is Timothy Geithner, a former tread. Fed uh, Treasury dude uh, who was saying that, uh, you know, in, in the last 2008, he goes, well, you know, these crises allow us to do things that we normally couldn't, so we can't let it go to waste. Obviously, Rahm Emanuel said the same thing. Here we go. A flu pandemic was ravaging the world, killing indiscriminately in almost every country, including more than 600,000 deaths in the United States. The states were in a panic, but there was almost no call for broad federal assistance, at least not one heated by the president. And they're talking about, uh, they're, they're going back to Woodrow Wilson's days, which he's you know a key figure in how we got the Federal Reserve to begin with. Whole another story. Woodrow Wilson did not address the nation on the subject of the pandemic of 1918 to 1919 at a single time. He did not call for Congress to act, and he did not summon the nation to unite. He had another battle to fight in trying to bring World War I to a close, even though the flu killed far more people. And it goes on to say the feud with states boiled over Thursday when Trump got into a contentious exchange with several governors. States are demanding more sweeping help from the help, you know, I'll say in air quotes, from the federal government to battle an insidious challenge the founders never knew existed, a global public health crisis. It calls into question how well a system of feudalism where power is legally shared between a national government and the states can work when the needs are so urgent and the politics so polarized. The virus has seeped into states blue and red, hitting Louisiana as hard as it hits California. And there are stark warnings coming from swing states like Michigan, Florida, and Pennsylvania too. And so this, you know, does bring into question, I mean, everybody wants, you know, uh, you know, other, you know, mayors of New Orleans and other places are saying, oh, this is Trump's fault because Trump didn't go and he didn't close everything down. Well, how about people take the, you know, I think if decentralization is the answer on every single level. And so everybody thinks there's this one boogeyman up top and that one person's to dictate how everything goes. And that is exactly what is wrong with everybody. It's exactly what's wrong with this entire system it was not meant to have you know one they want this one superman or iron man or uh that's why you you have these character comic book characters because everybody wants one person to fix everything yeah this is the problem everyone is looking for someone else to fix the problem no one is responsible for themselves (laughs) this is why china handled this as poorly as they did because they just threw it down the line to the other person covered it up kept it secret uh, you know, put in jail journalists and doctors who were warning the world about this. And again, everyone was just waiting for someone else to do something. And again, that's not the reality that we live in. We live in a reality where you are responsible for yourself and no one else. And sadly, other people give up their power, their sovereignty to other creatures. And then we have this whole just kind of misguided approach. And Donald Trump at, in the beginning definitely wasn't taking this serious. So was it the mainstream media, some independent media, some doctors, some researchers were. And we were warning the world about this. And sadly, you know, this could have been avoided. And that's the bigger truth here that people should also understand. John, what are, what's some of the news that you're seeing that sticks out to you uh, surrounding all the latest updates? Well, there's lots of uh, action over in uh, in Europe, of course, with uh, Italy just closed uh, their uh, even municipality and county. It's similar to the county borders in the U.S. Uh, so nobody could travel across even county limits. Uh, and so they're really limiting it down to, to the, uh, stop the spread there. Uh, and, and also in Germany, they just instated that, you know, only two people could gather outside at the time. Uh, in Spain, for example, you have uh, people not being able to go into their backyards. They're getting chased back in by the police. Uh, in uh, Norway, they had five people or more. So I, I guess what, what's interesting, they, they did come out right after and say, oh, well, families can go outside together. 
<laughs> because they didn't think that far that somebody would have more than, you know, four kids. Uh, yeah, they're absolute something. idiots. Uh, sorry to cut you off, John, but I remember yeah. seeing an, another clip uh, of uh, UK police. Of course, in the UK, they're the most Orwellian next to the Chinese, but they were flying a drone and there was a huge national park. And there was like two people walking their dog, totally empty field. And they were like, look at these criminals. We should find them. We should throw them in jail because they're not following. Them. I mean, they're in nature, you stupid idiots. Like, like, I, like, like, and this is the same governments that that's telling you don't wear masks. Everything's fine. This is just like the flu. Don't worry about it. That's the same government that now the air safe to breathe. That's not reaching their balance yeah. and punishing people for walking in nature. Are you yeah. freaking kidding me? Well, we're actually people in their backyards. Yeah. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Sorry, well, I mean, you. Yeah. No, no, Sorry, no John. problem. No, we're, we're seeing this right now here in Manitoba as well. They shut down one of our national parks here. Nobody could get into the national park, even though they have cottages there that are privately owned. Uh, and, and then, of course, they uh, went from 50, uh, 50 people gatherings now to down to 10 people gatherings starting from Monday up. Uh, so that's going to put, you know, crazy pressure on stores and everything and just going to be a mayhem. So I just did a massive shop again just to have for a month or so plus more because you never know like at least uh you know what's funny is if you go to a local store here uh you take a look like people are individually responsible on the countryside because they uh have to live independently and you know live off of the land most people here and you know are not as you know uh, uh dependent on the big stores to get food so so you've seen that in a way better way uh over uh, here on the countryside there was no big signs you know there was no control measures to let in x amount of people in the store everybody kept their distance everybody was good you know uh and uh, you know preventative measures are getting put in but you, you've seen that you know the huge difference between that and the cities where they basically limited in a massive store like this is cabela's you know a big firearms and uh, an outdoor store uh, they limited it to 20 people at the time. And I, I was going in there. You could at least have like 60, 70 people in there with, you know. Oh, those stores are massive. Those are massive yeah. stores. Yeah. So, again, I, I think it's mostly because, you know, uh, nobody wants everybody to buy guns and ammunition. They want to make it really hard on people probably here in Canada. Uh, Same actually, thing in California. Oh, so Same in California. Down, yeah. They actually closed down the chief firearms office here. So nobody could get restri- what we call restricted uh, uh, weapons here, like uh, semi-automatics and uh, pistols and handguns. So it's, it's very interesting how they like kind of semi-ban things. They make it really hard for you and basically impossible to get restricted firearms here in the province that I live right now. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely insane. And we're seeing very similar measures all throughout the country, as, of course, they're also releasing prisoners since, uh, of course, this virus is spreading like rapid fire all throughout prisons. And the the situation in those institutions is just absolutely insane. I have a friend in jail now. He's telling me the conditions there. They're freaking crazy. And they're telling people in some states like New York, hey, if you're a prison guard, you can't wear a face mask. Don't wear a face mask. Uh, you will be fired if you wear a face mask. There's many employers doing this again. Face masks have stopped the spread of previous influenzas, almost stopped it dead in its feet in, in Hong Kong and many other Asian countries that are having an easier time dealing with this. Why? Because people there usually wear masks. Now, that's just one factor out of many factors, but that's a big freaking factor when you look at the effects that having a mask has compared to not wearing a mask. And then we have the World Health Organization, the CDC, the Surgeon General, and all these other idiots saying, ah, ah, you know, don't worry, you don't need a mask. 
idiots, absolute idiots. You're asystematic. A lot of people are with this thing, and they're spreading it without even knowing it. It's it's like they just want to make this as worst as possible. Um, and I'm going to be making a whole video about the World Health Organization and how they can't even recognize Taiwan, but they want to be the World Health Organization because of their obvious close very bastardized ties to China that's responsible for a large portion of this virus getting out and infecting and hurting so many people. And again, let's not be afraid here to criticize China because China has a big responsibility and a big burden here. That's my take on it. I don't have nothing else to say. If you guys have anything else to say, say it now. Well, it reminds me of when you've got, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia and like Iran were on the head of like the Human Rights Council at the UN. Uh, which, Saudi, you know, Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Saudi Arabia. <laughs> well, I was saying it's definitely Saudi Arabia was, was one of them. But yeah, it was, it's a whole, you know, why don't they throw North Korea in there too while they're at it. But right now you mentioned prisons. Well, one guy that wants to turn all of U.S. into an entire prison planet would be Bill Gates. So Bill Gates backs $1 billion plan to cover the earth in video satellites. And this will be second by second data. So that what they're really trying to do with this is say oh we see these stock criminals we've got these two people in a park over here and we'll have the ai you know go send a, a drone and i mean i'm just, you know extrapolating out where it could be in a dystopic future but you know if anyone doesn't think we're headed towards a dystopic future right now then you know then what more news do you have because you know they think that we're peddling some sort of like fear porn over here but yeah cool. they want to have a, yeah. a billion dollars to go cover the earth and satellites but you know some of the other it is quickly looking at some of the other articles here we have uh, you know, in Sicily, they're cracking down on looting because people don't, can't even eat over there. Uh, you know, and that, they've actually led in lots of refugees over there, which is another reason why it helps spread. Uh, you've got plastic money, which is now doing better than some of the paper money. I've seen some people make jokes and saying maybe they should just make uh, the dollar bill a little bit softer. That way you'd have some dual usage as a... Uh, yeah, we can't even use our money as toilet paper or polymer notes here, so it's kind of useless. <laughs> I know there's uh yeah. And then uh, I guess the last thing I want to show you guys is this is, I just planted this the other day. So I have actually have my own uh, tower garden. It's an aeroponic tower garden that I have. I've had it for several years, but it's been in storage, but I thought, you know what, if I don't put it out now, when am I ever going to put it out? So uh, yeah, I'm doing my part over here to try to, you know, if worse comes to worse, I can grow my own food. I think you guys should be doing the same thing over there. And I'm, I mean, and you can do this indoors. We they have different uh, light setups. You can, I mean, it doesn't really take up that much space. So there are, you know, innovative ways, uh, to, you know, to do things going. So that's why these people talking about, oh, well, there's not enough room in the planet and, you know, we can't feed everybody. Well, if everybody did stuff, things like this, there's more than enough space and more than enough innovative ways where we can feed the planet. They just want to, you know, have it be through Monsanto where they've got to, you know, carpet bomb everybody with their, uh, no, that was their agent orange or two Monsanto was also behind. Yeah. But yeah, they want to have everybody get spread with glyphosate and Roundup. Uh, yeah, it's just a complete prison planet we're living underneath and things are just getting crazier and crazier. Well, John? Well, uh, yeah, what we need to do is we need to be more independent of uh, of the, the state. And the problem is every single thing is, you know, the government is the solution and we need more government uh, instead of thinking about, uh, you know, if everybody... You Freedom's know, the answer, what's the guns. question? Yeah, uh, you know, we're going back to the Great Depression. People, uh, about 90% of people were self-sufficient at the time, where 10% of people lived in the cities. Well, now we're total, uh, total flip opposite. And, and the problem... Well, the now, now we're, the now we're, now now we're eating Tide Pods. Yeah, not, now yeah. the millennials are eating Tide Pods. So, I mean, look at the yeah, Tide Pods instead of, you know, real pods, you know, uh, pea pods and so on. That, you know, is nutritious. Uh, so, it's the, the problem here is that people are, uh, you know, gotten away from, you know, we've been, uh, you know, so dependent on government for so long that... Be for, totally forgotten that you know we could be independent and actually rely on ourselves and to our local communities. You know, being local, uh, you know, uh, more localized and and working on a governance structure 
uh, on a local scale versus you know the federal or the uh, the state levels. You know, we need the the low, uh, you know, uh, small, tiny, tiny little, uh, you know, autonomous regions all around the world, uh, and and that. I think is the solution is to be, you know, completely independent of, you know, politics or any of that garbage. And then, you know, use your own mediums of exchange uh, at local levels or, uh, you know, um, be involved in, in society and, and uh, you know, uh, be, be friends with your neighbors. Because if you're not, you're going to end up like in New York where you yell at each other. <laughs> That's some fine A American culture right there. Don't you dare disrespect it, you Canuck. <laughs> Or else I'm gonna come up there and just show you some ganoush. I'm I'm the reason. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm technically I'm technically from uh, upstate New York, so I don't know if I'll, he's come, throwing... I'll come and pillage New York. Watch it. Yeah, good 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 luck with that one. Uh, all right, that's it for today. Thank you guys so much for watching. Stay tuned for more here on Change the News Channel.